if you came to the Friday night service, if you came to the Friday night service, I left you in Mark 15, 39. I'll just, um, I'm going to read 38 and 39, and then we'll get over into Luke. It says, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. And I think Krista kind of talked about that. And when the centurion who stood facing him saw in this way, he breathed his last and said, truly, this man was the son of God. Amen. Um, so when we pick up the story here in Luke uh, 23, 32, it says, Two other criminals, two others who were criminals, were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him. And one of the criminals, one on his right and one on his left, and Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So Jesus is always... Uh, ready to forgive people who came against him. And sometimes that's hard to do. Let's be honest. We all have, we all have families. Amen. And, and I'll talk about your families. As wonderful as they are, they are fantastic. So don't send me any emails. Some of your families are a, are a tad bit dysfunctional. They are. I've met two of them. There's only two. Uh, let's go on. And they, um, they cast lots to divide his garments, so they're, they're throwing dice for his clothes. It's, it's pretty despicable, and it's like casino night. Um, yeah, I, I'm not going to expound on that because I did Friday, man. It's just horrible. It's not only, see, that's what the world, they not only want him to hang on a cross, they want to humiliate him, and then since they haven't taken enough, they even want the, the, just the clothes that he has. That's just, and the people stood by watching, but the ruler scoffed at him saying he saved others, let him save himself. Oh, he will. If he is the Christ of God, his chosen one, the soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. I want to let you know today, we've got to have to be clear here in this church that he's not only king of the Jews, he's king over everything. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Um, there was also an inscription over him, this is the king of the Jews, one of the criminals who hanged railed at him and said, Are you not the, the Christ? Save yourself. But the other rebuked him and saying, Do you not fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? So the one guy's real arrogant and the one guy's real humble. And isn't it amazing, even on the deathbed of the arrogance of some people, they just can't get it through their head. Some, some of their arrogance, Elizabeth, reeks to high heaven. And all he's worried about is saving his own hide. And some of you people know people like that. All they're concerned with is about themselves. So the greatest in the kingdom of God is somebody who's the best servant. It's about giving, not getting. Um, let's see what he says, the other criminal. Isn't it, isn't, it, isn't it just like Jesus being in the middle of two messes? Just right there in the middle of a mess, two guys, two criminals, and 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 I find it uh, not just irony, but I think it's it's almost a supernatural thing going on here that a thief can recognize another thief even on the cross. 
He said, you're under the same condemnation, verse 41, we indeed, uh, we indeed justly for what we are receiving, the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. He's talking about Jesus. You can look at Jesus and say, he's done nothing wrong. We know the history of him. He hasn't done anything wrong. He doesn't deserve to die on the cross. No, he doesn't deserve to die on the cross, but it was his destiny that he did because of the sin that started by mankind in the Garden of Eden. Hello. And if it wasn't Adam and Eve, it would have been us, so don't. I know some people are like, man, when I get to heaven, I'm, I'm smacking that dude. Well, if it wasn't him, it would have been you. Amen. And, and, I, and, and that, that's, that's just like God is today. So, you know, God, God requires for us to follow his commandments. So like in the garden, they're there, the, the husband and the wife, they're there. And he said, you can have everything in the garden, anything in the garden you want, anything. Just tend to it, work in it, but don't eat out of that tree. Guess which one they wanted they want the one they can't have. Isn't that like mankind today? We can have everything, the, 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 the house and the bank account and everything, and we always want something more because that's what the flesh always requires is just a little bit more. So what does he say? And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, truly I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. So this is the word of the Lord. Now notice he didn't say you needed to knock on doors. You didn't need to be baptized. You didn't need to go to religion class. You didn't need to do anything else. You didn't need to do any activity. All you need to do is trust that Jesus is Lord. And believe that he died on the cross is sufficient for your sin debt that you owe. You got a debt you owe that you can't pay. It's kind of like the national debt, but I won't get into that. Let's pray. Lord, we need you now more than we ever do. We realize it's only by grace that we are saved. And it's not of our own doing. So forgive us where we think we're, we hold some type of righteousness of our own or deity of our own. Lord God, we are so far from you without your Holy Spirit residing in us. And we ask, Lord God, that today all the families would be blessed, those who are here, those who are on live stream, all the kids who are hunting down eggs. And, uh, and Lord God, let us remember uh, we can be saved from this world that we live in. And we ask the offering to be blessed on this resurrection day for your kingdom and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. amen. Celebrate with applause. Let the offering basket come by. Amen. Hey, wave to your neighbor right next to you. You can't believe they're in church today. I can't either. I can't believe I'm here, but what the heck, huh? Luke 24, 50. Here we go. I'm going to read through it. We'll go back and preach over it. Now there was a man named Joseph from the Jewish town of Arimathea. He was a member of the council, a good and righteous man who had not consented to their decision and action, and he was waiting for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus, verse 53. Then he took it down and wrapped it in a linen shroud and laid it in a tomb cut in a stone. Remember this, Jesus started out in a cave. He ended up dying in a cave. But we know later in the story he conquers the grave. 
no one had ever been laid. Verse 54, it was the day of preparation and the Sabbath was beginning. And the women who come with him from Galilee followed and saw the tomb, how his body was laid. And then they returned and prepared spices and ointments. On the Sabbath, they rested according to the commandment. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb taking spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel, and they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground. And the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee. That the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified on the third day and rise. And they remembered his words and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Jonah, Mary the mother of James and no other women with them, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. Verse 11. But these words seem to be an idle tale. You have to underline that. I'll be addressing this. And they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping in and looking in. And he saw the linen cloths by themselves. And he went home marveling at what had happened. So this is the word of the Lord. Amen. We'll kind of go through this here, and we'll slow roll this through, and we're going we're gonna to drop the lights down just for a little bit of a mood so you can be thinking about this. So I not only want you to think about this, I want you to adopt it in your heart and then get it, and then I want you to share it with somebody outside these four walls today. Amen? If the gospel's so good, we need to make sure that we're sharing it with everybody else. Amen? It's kind of, I told you before, it's like a good steak. You want everybody to taste it. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not going to go there. I was going to talk about the steak. But. Now I'm having steak today after barbecued. There was a man named Joseph from the Jewish town of Arimathea. He was a member of the council. That means he was part of the team. He was part of the political party. He was part of, he was part of, the, of, of the group that stood against Christ. But they said that this, this guy was a good and righteous man. Righteous means to be in a right standing with the Lord. And the only way to do that is by trusting in him. And it says, who had not consented to their decision and action. That means he didn't go along to get along. He wasn't a yes man and he wasn't, he wasn't a people pleaser. So it don't matter what side of the aisle you're on, God hasn't called you to be a people pleaser. He's called you to be a Messiah pleaser. And and, and just because because some of your friends are going along with it doesn't mean that you have to, too. My dad told me that. He said, if your friends jumped off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge? He didn't consent to their ways because he only conceded to the things of God. And I think that's what we need to concentrate on here in America. Not just in our own families, but out in the highways and byways and surely our public schools as well. 
that type of behavior is contrary to the word of God. And that's, and, the, and, and that's the job of the parents, is that, is that the teachers are, are supposed to be teaching our, our children reading, writing, and arithmetic. What I'm trying to say is they teach, I preach. He did not consent to the decision and action. He was looking for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus, and I thought about that for just a second. What would happen if they, he didn't ask for the body of Christ? Would he still be hanging there? And we know it was destiny. It was prophesied that he would be put in a grave. But he, he chose to be a, a person of action and not just of talking. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus, and then he took it down and wrapped it in a linen shroud and laid it in a tomb, cut in a stone. And this is, such a, this is such a humble way uh, for Jesus to begin his life, and it's also a humble way for someone to be buried as well. Amen. There, um, where no one had, had yet been laid. It was the day of preparation. The Sabbath was beginning. The women had come with him from Galilee and followed and saw the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and ointments. On the Sabbath day, they rested according to the commandment. But on the first day of the week, which we know is Sunday, that would be their first day. At early dawn, they went to the tomb taking spices they had prepared, and they found the stone and rolled away from the tomb. Amen. We're happy about that. We're glad that the stone was rolled away so Jesus could get out. But that's not really what we're celebrating, are we? He rolled the stone away not so he could get out, but so people could get in. Jesus don't need a stone rolled away for him to get out. He can go through stones. He makes stones and all kinds of stuff. I was enamored when I, when I read this and remembered back in Job when uh, God told the waters of the ocean they only go this far. And that's, 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 I think that's awesome. I can serve a God like that who can speak to water and tell you you only go this far. Or speak to a stone and have it rolled away. I can serve a God like that. That's power, amen? So they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they, when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, I was thinking about being perplexed as a guy. My wife would tell you I get perplexed just about anything. That's why I only do one thing at a time. That way I'm never like completely be fundled on what I should do. Oftentimes she was like, well, what are we going to do after like we get off of, you know, we get out of church? And I'm like, you know what? Let me get that accomplished. And then I'll get back to you. See, because I'm not just really sure what will happen here. So I don't make plans too far out. Amen? Uh, girls, you're married to them, so don't laugh. They're perplexed about this. And two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? Why are you in here looking for a dead man when you know good and well Jesus Christ is going to live? 
And that's why I can serve a God like Jesus. He's not like all little G gods. He's the OG of all gods. The big G God, not a little G. <laughs> I said that in the other service, and old people are going like, well, what's an OG? They're not as hip as I am. So why do you seek the living among the dead? I can serve a God like that because I don't want to serve a dead God. I don't want to serve a statue. I don't want to pray to a saint. I don't want to pray to a cow. I don't want to, all this kind of crazy stuff. I don't want to have to knock on doors because I wouldn't know how many doors to knock on. Can you imagine just being one door away? Isn't that the story of your life? Isn't that how you came to Christ? I can serve a God like this. He's alive and well. Look at your neighbor and say, he's alive. He is not here, but he's risen. Remember how he told you. He told you it was going to happen this way. He told you that he was going to rise from the dead. He told you three days later and all this stuff. So why is it that we don't believe that? Because we believe the story is almost too good to be true. And I was thinking about this, and uh, I, I just tell you what I told the last service. I was thinking about this, and I thought, when we all get to heaven, if you just look around just a little bit, because some of the creatures God made are funny. But, and, and then when we get up there, there'll be the church lady that kind of always is praying for somebody. She's always praying for somebody, and she, I don't know, maybe when I get in there, she might go, I can't believe you got in, Rankin. She still talks like that to this day. <laughs> and she'll say, how did you get in here, honey? <laughs> and I'll go, same way you did. <laughs> by the grace of God, amen. It's by favor of the Lord. Oh, it's going to be shocking, I'll tell you. We'll be able to dine with the king and live in a mansion. He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered in the hands of sinful men and be crucified on the third day. Rise and remember his words in returning from the tomb. They told you all these things, the 11 and to the rest. Now listen to these last two verses here. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Jonah and Mary the mother of James and the two other women with them who told him these things to the apostle, the apostles. But these words seem to be an idle tale. Ah, we don't believe in the Bible. Ah, we don't believe that Jesus rose from the dead. We don't believe this. The story's too good to be true. We can't believe he can save someone like you. Just kind of, it's like a tale. It's like a fairy tale. And, and he doesn't really save. Yeah, he does. You're looking at a saved man by the grace of God. It's not by works. He saved your soul. And I'm just going to ask all the people today, just, just the people who have been saved by grace, I want you to stand in honor of the Lord today. Just kind of rise up. And then I'm going to ask the, uh, I got two verses, so don't go anywhere. It's like an idle tale. It's like a tale. Idle tale, it's like a, like a tall tale. It's kind of like pretending. Remember when you used to pretend? That's back when you didn't have anything to do and your mom and dad told you to get outside and go play. You didn't ask, what are we going to do? You knew what to do. You had to pretend. 
When I was young, I used to get on a swing and you'd lay there on the swing and you'd go back and forth or a tire swing over at my grandpa's house. Patrick, just back and forth, we'd swing. And I just believed almost after pretending for a while that I could even fly. Are we, are we okay still? And, 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 and I want to let you know this, this ain't like that. Those are good stories, and we believe we could fly, and nobody could be as high as you were when you went up in that swing all the way. You're like, I'm almost at the sky. That's nothing but just really a tale and a fable and just wishful thinking. Well, I want you to know that Jesus really died a full covenant death for you and for I. It's not a tale and it's not a fable. It's a true story. It's the greatest story ever told. Today's the greatest day of all days. And last, on Friday, Friday morning, I wanted to tell you the, the church this. My Aunt Marie came from Palmyra, Missouri to join us in our Good Friday service. She's 85 years old, and she's been teaching Sunday school for 55 years. Amen. Oh, it's, I cherish those visits. Because when somebody of that stature and somebody of that wisdom speaks, when I, when, when I got up on, uh, when I got up on uh, Friday, uh, Saturday morning, we got to sit around and, and, and talk about the things of the Lord before I went to the farm. We and I opened the Bible, and we're of kindred spirits. We're, we think alike now. I told you this. You go, how is it that you think uh, like an 85-year-old woman who's just a, a wonderful lady? Because some 20-some-odd years, I was sitting in their kitchen when I wasn't saved and her and my uncle buddy laid hands on me and prophesied over my life the same way I'm, I'm speaking over your life today and they put hands on on my back and they prophesied over me in tongues and they said young man one of these days you will preach one of these days you will preach and I and I looked Scott I looked back at him I was like I was still hung over from the night before can anybody relate to the story at all? It's, a, it's the furthest thing, Terry, from your mind. Because I wasn't, I wasn't done living yet. Here's the deal of the story. I wasn't living, church. I was dying. And they could see. They go, we got a state of emergency, Jesus. We got a young man who doesn't believe in the healing power of Almighty God. Some of the funniest looking people in church are the ones that are going to lead you to Christ. They're, they're, watch this, Chuck. They're warriors, and and they're and they're they're arraigned in 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 white. I'll never forget that story as long as I live. And I and I just I was thinking about that night, and, and I cherish the, that story because now when I'm driving back and forth to the farm I used to call my uncle buddy but now my uncle buddy's in glory so now I talk to her when I go up there I just love hearing from smart people I know I know what smart is now I'm old enough to understand what smart is it's people who are born again and people that attend church make no mistake about it 
smartest people in the world are, are those people. Because, Dr. D, it's supernatural wisdom. I mean, let's be honest. The last thing we need is somebody else's advice. We've already had that. That's what got you to church. Remember the pyramid schemes? Oh, yeah, we're, oh, we're going to be rich. Oh, yeah, well, you're rich. And I'm a jet pilot. Amen, church? And all I'm saying, Angie, today is if you don't have somebody like that in your life, you better get them in your life. And we sell, we're celebrating a, your, your brother and him being born again. And uh, it, it, it was on Good Friday, and, and Mark walked down the hall, and he said, man, this is seven years ago when Terry uh, went into glory. What a great story it is. Let me read you the last verse, and then I'm, I'm going to pray for you. It seemed to be like an idle tale, and they did not believe. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping down and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. Marveling! He was astonished. He was blown away by what happened. And he, he walked around with them for years. Jesus gave everybody a chance, church. Everybody. Francis. Everybody. Even the Francis family. My friend Mickey had sent me a text yesterday. Because my wife sent her a card. She said, we, we, we really miss Brett so much. And she sent me a text. She says, she said, I'm glad that there's somebody out there that loves my husband as much as I did. She sent me that text. I got that on my phone. Sometimes people are hard to love. No, I need somebody to say something to me. They're hard to love. Because when he called me from prison, he said, I got to have a place to live. I was like, man, dude, I'm telling you. And then my wife goes, give him a chance. Jesus gave you a chance. And we gave him a chance, and you know the story. He did great. was head of security here forever. My friend forever. But it all started with believing that God can change a heart. And that any heart. Any heart. He can make you a new man. And I told the church, I said he was, he was one of the most faithful men I've ever met in my life for Christ. Faithful. Was he flawed? Of course he's flawed. But God gave him a new heart. You could see that he'd been changed miraculously by the, by the grace of Almighty God. That's what the story of death, burial, and resurrection is all about, is changing the heart that only God can. So I'm, I'm going to pray a little bit, then I'm going to ask Mike to come up because he's got something he wants to share with you. But on this day, just today, because it's a special day, Jim, it's not like the other days. It's a, it's a little different. 
And no, it's not about bunnies or eggs or, or candy or any of the above. It's not about that at all. We just do that because we love people. Make no mistake about it. We only worship one God. His name is Jesus. So I'm going to ask Jackie to bring the rest of the house lights down, and then I'm going to lead you in a prayer, and then I'm going to have Mike come up and speak to you just real quick before you leave. When I asked all the saved people to stand, there was a lot of people that stood. And then there's some that didn't. And I don't know where your relationship is with God. I just want to give you the same opportunity that my aunt and uncle gave me. It's, a, it's called an invitation. Invitation to receive Jesus. And he can come at the, at the greatest times. And we believe that greatest time is today. Have you given your heart? Have you given your life? Have you given your, your soul to Jesus today? Are you saved? Do you know where you're going to go if you, if you were to perish today? And maybe that's you, you hear, and maybe you're on live stream or you're watching someplace. Maybe you're by yourself. Sometimes the devil's got a funny way of isolating people from other people. Let me tell you something, guys. That's a trap, being isolated. It's, it's a trap. You can't be by yourself. You won't make it. Maybe you've been by yourself doing your own thing. I'm doing my own thing, Burger. I'm going to do my own thing for a while. Then I'll come to Christ. I don't know if you got that kind of time. Why would you want to be a gambler with your soul? Maybe you'd like to receive Jesus right where you're at. Say, I would love for Jesus to come into my heart. You say, Pastor Pat, it's the greatest thing that you've ever done in your entire life. Yes, it's the greatest thing by far. Maybe you'd like to just be bold today and just say, you know what, man, I'm going to raise my hand. I, I, I'm, I'm going for it today. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to get saved today on Resurrection Day. And I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm just going to count to three, and then I'm going to have Mike pray for you. I don't know who, who that is. But I don't want to walk out of this building until I've done that invitation, gave that invitation. And then maybe you are saved and maybe you want to stand in for somebody who ain't saved. Maybe you got a family member, a spouse, a, a husband, a wife. They won't come to church. I can't get them to come to church. One, two, three, raise your hand if that's that person right there. You know who it is. Hey, let me tell you something, man. You can't drag people to church. Only the power of Jesus can do that. That's how you got here. Nobody drugged you to church. You came here because you wanted to be here. You knew you needed to be saved. And if your hand's raised, I want you to I want to ask you to come, come down here. Those two and the, that one there and this one, this one and this one, this one, this one and this one. I'm going to have Mike pray for you. This one and this one, this one. This one right there. See you in the back. Come down. And all the way in the back, back there. And there's some people, Mike, on TV. Don't forget about them too. I'm going to pray for all of them. You guys all represent children or grandchildren. I want them to be saved. Each grandma, grandpa, mom, dad, everybody.
Everybody's got a deal out there. Resurrection day. Grindel is the day you come to Christ. Lord, you come to Christ. Just, just ask God to heal you where you're at. I'm going to ask Mike to, to just pray for you. Just, it's go, he's going to, he's going to ask Jesus to get personal with you. Savior and start walking with me. It's that simple. Today's the day. If you haven't, I beg you to come up and see one of the deacons and give your life to Jesus today. On live stream, same thing. Just ask Jesus into your heart. Ask him to forgive you and ask him to come to your heart and be your Lord and Savior. It's that simple. Life will change for you forever. The tomb is empty. He is risen. He wants us to rise. Praise Jesus. He wants us to rise with him. And for everybody out here, including myself, that have family members that aren't saved. We just pray today, Lord. We're going to continue to pray for them, Lord. And we know you tell us that you will answer our prayers. You will bring them to you. Don't give up on them. Keep praying for them. Keep inviting them. We ask for that, that son, that mother, that father, that grandchild, that daughter, that niece, that nephew, that coworker, whoever it is, Lord. Reach out and touch them, Lord. Today would be a great day for them to get the, the good news. When they're gathered with our families today, make sure we're telling about Jesus, Lord. It's all about you. This day and every day is all about you, Lord. We just thank you. We praise you. We trust you. Thank you for rising from the dead and allowing us to rise with you when our day comes. It's in Jesus' name we pray, and the church says amen. amen.